Welcome to the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. I am Allison Katzkowski, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in to check out exactly what we're talking about. Self-care means so many things to people. It's one of the reasons I decided to start this show. And you'll hear self-care discussed from a number of different angles in this space. I am grateful to have you with me, and I hope you get a lot out of what I'm going to share with you today. Hey, everybody. It's Allison Katzkowski. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. Um, I always appreciate uh, your support. Uh, thank you for joining me on this Tuesday morning. I am your host. Um, today, you know, you always like to hear me say, I, I think I find myself saying this all the time when I get to talk to another health and fitness professional. I love getting to talk to other people in my industry, not just about what they do, but just to pick their brains and to see what such an opportunity that we have as an industry right now with the way the world is and where people are with their health and their fitness. I mean, it's 2023. It is the perfect time to, I mean, it's it's not that January is the perfect time. The perfect time is any time really, but, but I love it when I can talk about this with another fitness professional. My guest today is Fitz Kohler. She is a published author. She's a fitness expert, coach, and instructor, and does a whole lot of other cool things. So um, I'm super excited to, to talk to her today. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, Allison, thank you mu so much for having me. Of course, my pleasure. So before we get into our conversation, uh, please tell my audience a little bit about you, what you do, your background. I know we were talking before we we got on online here today, just about, you know, all the, you know, I mean, how not only are we similar, but that you're, that you, like myself, had to really make a lot of changes after 2020. Yeah. So I am bossy. I am noisy. I am highly credentialed with a master's degree in exercise and sports sciences. And I help people live better and longer by making fitness understandable, attainable, and fun. Uh, I do that in a variety of ways. I haven't taught in a gym or done personal training in over 20 years or so. So all of my efforts are spent towards mass audiences. Yeah. I work in television, radio, I write books, I write for magazines, online, I do a ton of corporate speaking and spokesperson work. And then I cater to athletes as a sport performance expert teaching clinics and helping them prepare their body for sport. Love and it. lastly, which is not very last at all, because it takes up a huge chunk of my time is I'm a professional race announcer, which uh. means I'm I man the start and finish lines of some of the largest, most iconic running events in the United States. I host the Los Angeles Marathon, Buffalo Marathon, Detroit Free Press Marathon, Big Sur, the Donna, dozens oh, each year. I love it. And How cool is that? Oh, my gosh. It's so great. It really, you know, here's the thing, Allison, is you and I, with our our fitness efforts, uh -huh. we're, we're always doing some level of arm twisting, trying yep. to convince people yep. that eating wisely is a good idea and resting yeah. and exercise. But on race day, race organizers literally will hand me 30,000 people and say, Hey, Fitz, these people think exercise is a great idea. Just know, make sure they know what to do, where to go and uh, make sure they have a good time. And so uh, even though I put a lot of effort into it, it's, it's certainly a day off from. Oh, well, yeah, of course. Especially when you get to talk to people who, who get it right. Who are like, I am in just like, just, you know, give, give me, give me the spotlight and kind of give me a little time. I'm in, I'm good. Right. Yeah. You know, and, but on that note, I can't tell you how many, I would say probably 90% of my field in any race I announced could lose yeah. 10 to a hundred pounds, you know, so they yeah. still need a little more. Yeah. Um, they definitely have the, 
the grit and some training plans, but they could still use some guidance. And so totally. it's nice to be able to utilize uh, my skill set and my knowledge base to be able to help these people do better and be better. Yeah, my um, you know, in my experience, what I find is is that you know the the common belief I think in the public, um, depending on where you go, of course, is that for people who are already into health and fitness or fitness enthusiasts or whatever that you call it, I mean, not just the fitness pros, although I guess you could put them in the same category too, is that people think those people don't need extra support, right? Oh, you already know what to do. You're already good. You know, you've already been successful. You've never struggled. I'm like, you know, I really think that for people like that, they fully appreciate what having support and a little push in the right direction can do. Yeah. You know, it's funny you bring that up and I have one very powerful moment in recent years that came to mind. So I had just finished chemo. I uh-huh. we can talk about the cancer yeah. thing, but I had I had 16 months of chemo and I had lost 11% of my weight. So I was 110 pounds. I'm five foot six ish. Yeah. Yeah. So I was skeletally strong, scrawny and and working my way back. But a month after I finished chemo, I did a Spartan 5K. I was I was all gung-ho, let's go. And yeah, so uh-huh. <laughs> went out and some running, mostly walking, but I got to one of the obstacles, which was a tire flip. And there I am looking like olive oil is so freaking skinny. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I'm doing my best, but I'm trying to pick up this tire. I'm trying. And I just, and I finally give up. I feel like, okay, that's not in my cards today. And this mob of CrossFit chicks, they come over now, mind you, they're super strong girls. They had no idea who I was, but they came over and they started going, you can do this. Come on, come on. And I just thought, okay, I'll try again. And I flipped that dang tire. And so, yeah, yeah, it, it was very meaningful that they came over and cheered for me and encouraged me. They certainly influenced my success that day. So absolutely. I'll I'll take it wherever I can get it. Well, and I'd love that you bring that up because that right then and there, what you just described is the group fitness phenomenon. This is why people go to class or do a, a workout with somebody, whether it be one person, two people, three people, or 50 people, and they're always going to go further than they do on their own. Yeah. And you know what, Allison, what I um, truly believe when it comes to personal fitness, we can all win. Yeah. There, there is no first place medal being handed yes. out. This is about you yes. doing better. And I'm okay if your fastest is faster than me, or your strongest mm-hmm. is stronger than me, or if you're way behind and I can help you. But yeah, there. It's not a competition other than with yourself. So yeah, we can all win. Yeah, absolutely. I love that because I feel like, you know, I mean, I, I'm a former competitive athlete. I was a competitive swimmer growing up and into college some, and and so I can totally relate to that. For me, it was always about battling, being better than I was the day before, right? Yeah. And doing this race better than the last race, kind of thing. And I think. I think that's one of the best metaphors that the fitness industry can can teach us is that, you know, it teaches us to be better versions of ourselves and what we were yesterday. And that's that's the, the best thing ever. Yeah. And the other. So I'm I'm a retired athlete as well. I, I competed as a full contact kickboxer for almost 10 years, which is. Wow. Yeah, it was uh, it was exciting yeah. and, you know, wildly challenging and fun. And so I, I truly, I did that sport just for the fun of it. There was nothing short of me having utter elation by kicking people in the head, (laughs) but it is so competitive. 
Yeah. Because, you know, if you lose a tennis match, oh, you're sad you lost a tennis match. Um, but if you lose a fight, there can be dire consequences, your mm-hmm. bone structure, your head trauma. There's there's a lot of risk involved. And so I trained really, really hard for fighting. But when I retired from fighting, every ounce of competitive juice just flew out of me. I yeah. I love my body. I feel great about the, bo- the way my body works and the way it performs. And so when I show up on race day as a as an athlete, I, whether I'm doing a Spartan race or I'm doing a, I did Boston marathon, man, I don't care about any of the numbers or statistics or who I'm beating or who I'm losing to. I am just out there yeah. for athletic yeah. adventure. Um, I've settled in, I think to a, a good place. I probably could challenge myself a little more sometimes. Well, but... I'm, I'm sort of like that too. Cause for me, you know, I'm 54 now. And for me, it's like, you know, in many ways, I just, I've, I've always believed that age is just a number first off yeah. and that, you know, I always want to be better than I was yesterday. But for me, you know, as I look back to my competitive swimming days and then I was a competitive uh, fitness competitor and bodybuilder for um, almost 10 years and I have my pro card the last two wow. years that I competed. So I totally get you with what you're talking about. And it is a little bit different world. It's a different mentality. And so when I finally decided that I'd had enough right now, I don't think, number one, we ever stop wanting to compete, whatever we want that to mean, right? But I also think that for this point, I know myself, for this point in my life now, for me, it's about feeling good and having energy and yes. and the work that I'm feeling called to do in the world now for our industry and for professionals like you and me, it's like we have such a huge opportunity now to demonstrate to everybody else what is truly possible for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? On that age is just a number thing. I got to tell you, I saw that Brad Pitt just turned 59. Wow. Woo! I did not see that. Wow. 59. <laughs> I he doesn't let me just... People are shocked when they say, you know, well, how old are you? Well, I'll be 55 this coming year. What? No way. I'm like, yep, yep. I mean, it's like, whatever, you know? (laughs) I I think because people are, you know, they have a lifetime of fitness and knowledge Mm -hmm. and and perhaps maybe some Botox or something like that. But yeah, yeah, people are, you know, maintaining their health and their fitness Mm -hmm. and their, the way their bodies and faces look a lot longer. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go back to, um, I want to definitely hit on the cancer journey with you because, you know, I I can think really since 2020, I have had several of my close friends get diagnosed with, you know, different forms of cancer. A very dear friend of mine was a retired army helicopter pilot, passed away, got diagnosed with a really aggressive stomach cancer. And this guy was the picture of health. I mean, he was late fifties, you know, what avid, avid fitness guy taught cycling. I mean, just had a fan base a mile long and was an even better person. And so, you know, I say that because, you know, it can happen to us at any time, but I think a lot of people think that, you know, oh, well, you know, you're healthy and fit. You're not, it doesn't, it, 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 it won't happen to you. And I'm always like, yeah, I think again. Right. Yeah. So when I was diagnosed, um, I mean, it was seven weeks after a sparkling clean mammogram. I found a lump in my breast on a race weekend where I was running. And so uh, wow. I I definitely stand as a an example of if it could happen to fitness mm-hmm. expert Fitz Kohler, it can happen to anybody. And so it's mm-hmm. our responsibility to do the things we can to prevent the d- disease, but also 
get those annual exams, keep an eye on our body, squeeze our stuff on a regular. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, it can, it can certainly happen to any of us. In fact, because of my books, they're, they're doing very well, but mm-hmm. every single day I get messages to say, Oh my God, my dad was diagnosed with brain cancer. Can you get them your book? Or my sister has this, can you get yeah. her your book? And so yeah. it's very prominent to me how widespread this disease is in its many forms. Yeah. Well, and for you being that you obviously went through several months of treatment and probably no doubt your strong background in health and fitness really helped you. You know, it was really an asset for you to fight it, I would think. But I'm just wondering for people listening out there, you know, what advice you could give them as far as not just what your mindset must have been, but how much you, how much, probably how much more you even value your health and fitness now? Well, I mean, it's... Undescribable. However, I will do it. So I endured almost 16 months of chemotherapy, which is a very long time it is. to have chemo. It's, it is. It's a very long time. I also had 33 rounds of radiation. I had several surgeries. So I did, I call it the treatment triathlon, but I did it all. And uh, there, there, I was a very, very sick person. I mean, just imagine violent stomach bug every day mm. for six months. For, that was my first six months of treatment. And wow. uh, But there was still stuff you could do. So I had IV fluids every day to keep me going. I worked the whole time. I never missed an event. I now, I left Gainesville, Florida on 30-something different flights around the country to go do the thing that I love, which was very important to me. Sure. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, fitness can help you prevent the spread of disease. A recent study out of Tel Aviv University published in November 22 in the Cancer Research Journal um, shows people who do high intensity aerobic exercise are 72% less Mm -hmm. likely to have their cancer spread. So you're starving that tumor from spreading. Mm -hmm. If you do your burpees or you jump rope or you do whatever the heck it is. Train or whatever. And puff. Yeah. It's that high intensity aerobic exercise. So yeah, it can help. It can help you accomplish remission. It can help prevent recurrence. Um, I obviously fitness can help prevent cancer altogether in many, in many circumstances. And, you know, even though I got it, there's no telling how many cancer cells my body shut off Uh before that one, that one cell went rogue and got the best of me for a while. Um, but what I can tell you is that, uh, fitness can slow your decline and the decline can be brutal. And so for me, it was, it was tough. There was things I couldn't do. You know, I sure. definitely couldn't yeah. do a burpee. I, yeah. I exercised as I could, when I could. And eventually as the chemo became, um, every treatment, is, it compounds, right? So tr- mm-hmm. treatment number three feels way worse than treatment number one. Um, but I did hit rock bottom at one point. You know, I had been doing things all along, stretching in bed. Every time I got in the shower, which was multiple times a day because I was sick, I used that time wisely to remain mobile, Mm -hmm. to stand on one foot, to do balance training, to stretch in the Mm -hmm. shower. I put on music or Jerry Seinfeld interviews and just stretch for entertainment. Right. Um, But when I I finished the meanest part of my chemo and I finished surgery and I thought, okay, now I'm going to get back into the actual fitness center and start exercising. Cause I had taken a, a few months off of that type uh-huh. of exercise. And I brought my bald head and skinny body into my favorite gym. And I sat down, I think it was a chest press and I tried to push, I was trying to lift exactly what I had lifted before chemo. Mm-hmm. And I had to lower the pin and lower the pin and lower the pin. And what I realized is I 
I had to lower it 80%. I could only lift 20% of what I had previously lifted. Yeah, I believe it. And it was, uh, it was a devastating moment. You know, it was one of those, whoa. I mean, I had already had all these other signs that I was weak. I couldn't open a water bottle, for example. But to watch the actual number, statistically, how much yeah. weaker I was. And, and what I thought, Allison, was, you know, thank God I'm a fitness expert because with that rock bottom, rock bottom type moment, I knew exactly how to dig my way out of that hole. And I was instantly committed to and the strategic planning and to get myself back to point B and then do even better. And I was when I, uh, it was just slightly over a year after chemo, I ran the Boston marathon and I, wow. I did a great job. So yay me. But yeah, that day, what really struck me is how, how defeating it must be for every other cancer patient in the world who is not a fitness expert yeah. and how yeah. lost you know, because you look at yourself, you look at and you think, oh, my gosh, I'm a shell of who I was. And so that's that's really what compelled me to write your healthy cancer comeback, sick to strong and the healthy cancer comeback journal is because there are no resources for cancer patients. And and then I thought, well, who better than a highly credentialed fitness expert with street mm-hmm. cred, yeah, <laughs> cancer yeah. street cred yeah. to be able to put this down. And, um, you know, when it comes to my life work my life's work, there's been a few really poignant things that I've done and I feel very proud of, but I am very excited to get my hands, to get these books in the hands of every cancer patient and survivor uh-huh. moving forward because it's tough. But if you, if you focus on your exercise, when you can, how you can, and you choose foods that help versus hurt, you get that quality sleep, choose a complimentary care, you know, you can slow your decline and then when it comes to rebuilding your body, it's not so complicated. You just have to uh, you just have to be strategic and disciplined. Yeah. And you have to like to use your words, you have to really focus on what you can do when you can do it. You know, yeah. like, for example, if, if it's a you're having a bad day, you know, don't tell yourself I've got to go do a 45 minute walk, do like a no. 10 minute walk you know, or or get up and stretch, like you said, for five minutes or stand on one foot in the kitchen, you know, I mean, whatever, whatever that looks like, there's no such thing as something that's too small. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's that simple walk down the hallway of your hospital Mm -hmm. could be your workout. So Mm -hmm. within the center of the book, I have a huge chapter. It's called everything exercise, but I've had hundreds of photos, instructions, you know, the first segment is just regular exercises with bands and dumbbells, and there's mm-hmm. a ton of those. But let's say you can't stand. Here's dozens of exercises you can do in a chair. Yeah. All right. Let's say you can't sit. Here's yeah. dozens of exercises you can do in bed. Yeah. Okay. When you get in the shower, here's things you can do in there. And I even have a section because you know what's so funny? When you get diagnosed, your life goes into spin cycle, and then you end up spending so many hours just sitting in exam rooms. It's either a lobby or an exam room. But the benefit of the exam room is usually that door is closed and that's your private space. And so Mm -hmm. instead of just sitting there or reading those god-awful pamphlets that are so terrifying. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Get up and march in place. Here's, you know, push-ups on the counter or stretches on the exam table. So I'm trying to guide or I have guided people to Absolutely every option. There's always yeah. something you can do. Don't compare yourself to yesteryear. Just do what you can today. Yeah. And maybe tomorrow you can do a little bit more. Yeah, no, I love that. I think that 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 is a message that is so needed in the world right now. And there are just so many people I know who need to hear that. So 
Um, so I love that you're making that your mission and your mantra right now. Thank you. So I've got a cool invitation for you. Ever since the pandemic turned the health and fitness and wellness industry on its collective head, what I'm feeling called to do now is to help health and fitness entrepreneurs build and innovate and grow in their businesses. And I've opened up a brand new community on Facebook, and I would love for you to come over and join me there. So if you are a business owner, if you are working on a brand new idea, if you're developing a new product, or if you're feeling called to serve at a higher level within the health and fitness and wellness space in the collective, I want to invite you to come over and join me there. Join me over in my Innovate and Grow for fitness and wellness professionals in the coaching space on Facebook. I would love to have you there. We've got lots of really fun things going on in there. I've got my weekly live show that I do every Wednesday at noon where I give away real informative business tips, the real stuff, folks. This isn't just some cheesy sales strategy. Come over and join me and innovate and grow for fitness and health wellness entrepreneurs on Facebook so that you don't miss any of the action. I will see you there. So, so let's, let's kind of pivot just for a few minutes. I mean, it's obviously the new year, it's 2023. So, you know, so many people kind of equivocate the start of the year to, you know, oh, I'm going to get in better shape. I'm going to do this and that and that to take care of myself. But, you know, what so many people don't do is stop and really think about like what could be realistic for them, something that they could actually continue with long-term. And and I always love to get other fitness professionals perspective on this because I just find it incredibly interesting. It's like a big roller coaster ride between January and, and May, really. You know, you've got all the gung-hos, then people quit, then the weather gets warm and people try on summer clothes and they decide it's time. So you kind of see this ebb and flow a little bit. So I don't know. I would just love to hear your perspective on that. Yeah. So I'm not much of a new year's resolution girl. Cause I feel yeah. like if some change needs to be made, I do it Same. right now. I don't, yeah. I don't put it off. Um, but I definitely don't have a real beef with a cumulative goal setting day, right? If yeah, we're all just right. going to look each other in the eye and say, how can we step it up, up a notch? That's fine. Uh, I do like people setting those big B hags, those big hairy audacious goals, yeah. uh-huh. pick some Pick something beyond your means for sure. You're maybe you're going to cycle the same path that the Tour de France goes or whatever it is. You're going to pick something that's a big, big deal for you and then break it up into teeny tiny increments. Or maybe you're just going to, you know, trade soda for water. But um, but yeah, just every day is a new opportunity. And if if you if you stunk yesterday, fine, make today equally good. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that because I feel like we lose sight of the fact that every big goal is usually a combination of, you know, lots and lots and lots of little teeny ones, right? Like almost down to the hour, right? I think it's so funny where people just assume with fitness, they're instantly going to be so great. They're like, oh, well, I should be great now. No, it's like saying, I'm going to learn a new language. Yeah. And then you open a book and 10 minutes later, you're, you're fluent. No, it's probably going to take you years to become fluent in that language. And it will take a a certain amount of time for you to, you know, take off whatever weight you want to lose or put on the weight you want to gain and achieve certain goals in fitness. It's obnoxious to suggest that, uh, you can make some sort of overnight change in anything that's worth having. So, um, so yeah, be, be realistic. And then, 
be relentless because you're going to have a day that you fail your goal. Okay. Who cares? Move forward. Make, yeah. make that failure day irrelevant. Yeah. Well, I almost, you know, it's like I, I said at the beginning of our conversation, you know, one of my, my personal goals every day, I mean, it's on my belief plan, which lives on my wall here in my office, you know, on a daily basis is, is that today I'm going to be better than I was yesterday. And that might mean that I lift like the same weight, or it might mean that I cut my workout short, but I still do it, you know, or, or that I try something different and maybe I suck at it initially, you know, but, but I'm going to get better, but I'm not going to get better unless I try to do it. Yeah. You know, what's interesting, Allison, is um, how many people are willing to settle? Yeah. You know, that's, that's one of the reasons that I, I, I mean, I and others like me have success and the areas we want is because yeah. failure is not an option. And yeah. so folks, I'm going to remind you that this body you have, you only got one. We yeah. might replace some parts sometimes, but you'll never be as young as you are today. Yeah. You know, do whatever it takes to live your best life right now. Yes. Gosh, you're going to look back and think, gosh, if only, you know, and, and isn't it funny where at the moment we maybe we're not feeling so great, but 20 years later, you look back at a photo of yourself and you think, darn it, I was cute. Right. Yeah. So, right. Totally. We'll never be as young as we are today. Just, uh, you know, get to work, stop, stop settling for mediocrity. Well, mediocrity. I, I will say this. And I, again, I just would, would love to hear your perspective. Um, is that I think one of the silver linings as far as, as, as brutal a hit as our industry took in 2020, Okay. And I mean, I won't even go into, to, you know, all of that. That's a whole yeah. other conversation. But, but I think one of the silver linings that came out of that for, for so many people is that people finally discovered that they could work out at home. You know, yes. like people discovered that I can actually do this at home and make it work. Cause I think, up, honestly, I think up until 2020, there was this mentality that only certain people worked out at home. Or you can't, it's not the same thing if you work out at home and you can't be consistent and you have to have all kinds of fancy equipment or whatever. And there were people that started moving and being more active, you know, in 2020 than, than ever were. And all those people figured out that they don't need to get in the car to drive to the gym, that they don't have to go somewhere, that they can do it at home and they can stick with it. And that right there has been a very positive thing. Absolutely. I would say as a as a fitness professional, one of the greatest moments of our COVID nonsense was uh, not being able to buy bikes because they were all sold out. Yep. Not being able to get inline skates because they were all sold yep. out. So a lot mom, of in-home thinking... equipment sold out too, right? <laughs> yeah. So... Now look at what happened to Peloton, right? Yep. Yep. So as a mom, I thought, dang it. But as a professional, I thought, okay, this is good news. And all the puppies got adopted and that yep. was a really good gift too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So again, I think it just, you know, it, it behooves anyone out there listening to understand that it's not always the big things. It's how you take charge of the little things and you keep doing them. Right. Well, so Allison, I ask you, because mm -hmm. I exercise very moderately. If I go in for strength training, I'm done in an hour. Yeah. I do cardio. I'm done in an hour. Yeah. My, I love my body. It's I, I just love it. And I feel great about it. I'm not really dedicating more than an hour per yep. day. I'm the same that. way. I'm the same way. I feel like I feel like, you know, there comes a point where 
you know, huge amounts of time, it's just not really productive, I don't think. And to be quite honest with you, running a successful business and traveling the way I do and everything, I'm not interested in, you know, two hours in the gym every day. I mean, it's just, it's just not my thing. You know, I, yes. I think you can, you can get a lot of work done in as little as 20 to 30 minutes if you really make it count. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, and then I stay active walking the dog yeah. or doing whatever, but yeah, I mean, it's funny how many people think, oh, well, you must be spending hours. The only time I spent hours in the gym was when I was training for Boston Marathon. Yeah. And I actually did a yeah. five hour treadmill run. Wow. Lord help me. But <laughs> other than oh, that, hey, bless your, bless you. <laughs> bless my heart. I know. Right. I know. Well, I know I think back to when I was competing and I used to spend hours in the gym too, between training and cardio and working with my coaches and everything. So I, I get that, but that was also a very different time in my life than where I am now. I think, I think we have to understand that we have to make it work for us, but that doesn't give us a license to not do it because quote unquote, I don't have time. I think quite frankly, that's a BS statement when people say that uh, really what they're saying is, is that it's not important. That's right. I won't make time. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it's, it's very interesting how many people say, well, I can't lose weight. I travel. Okay. Well, I'm on the road probably a hundred days of the year Yeah. next. Well, I, hard to eat right. Oh, interestingly, because I find fruits and vegetables and lean protein yeah. in every city and every state and every yep. country I've ever been to. Yeah. Uh, lie, yeah, go it's on. Not some delicacy that's hidden somewhere that you only have access to, right? It's like, no. that's just, that again, that's just a BS statement. Hey, know? airports have these like uh, salad and veggie bowl vending machines now, like a candy bar. You can boop, grab your totally. little jar of thought, salad. Right? It's incredible. Yeah. I know. So the excuses are lame. I know. Well, and it's just, it just shows you how people are married to their stories. You know, That's they're right. married to their stories and that the thought of doing something different is just like, oh, well, then that just means I have to change my story and I can't change my story because that just means all these other things have to change. You know, it's Absolutely. kind of sad in a way, Well, but I think when exist. you see it that way, you can kind of see it for what it is. Yeah. That's, yeah. this is why we exist is to yeah. shake people and tell them the truth. Totally. Totally. So, so let's say someone out there is listening this person. I mean, there are lots of people listening, obviously, but let's say someone out there is, is, is hearing this message and they're finding, they're finding themselves really inspired that maybe this is something they can actually do despite the fact that they've been sick or despite the fact that they've got a number of health issues working against them, regardless of where they are in the life, their life, whether they're 30 or they're 70. Okay. What advice would you give them to help them start today? Well, if you're not working on getting stronger, you're working, you are getting weaker. That's mm -hmm. it. So if you are not actively working on getting stronger, you are in decline. And uh, that's not going to be any better for any one of you or any one of us. So start there. This is a requirement. This is an essential must do yes. for anyone who does not want to suffer a horrible, uncomfortable existence or death fitness yes. matters. And, uh, you know, you spend so much time brushing your darn teeth and flossing them every day. And we want that. Uh, but your heart and lungs deserve equal billing on your list of to do's each day. And so, uh, yeah, you really are in a stuck spot. You can mm -hmm. choose not to exercise. You can choose to eat horribly. And that is your choice. In fact, I find nobody makes progress with fitness until they absolutely put their foot down. So either they've been ingrained in it yeah. and this is what they do, who they are, or 
they have, you know, maybe done the wrong thing for a long time. And then they see a picture of themselves at a party mm-hmm. and they go, whoa, yeah. that's me. I've got to change. So yeah, if you have that aha moment where you, you decide uh, no longer can I live in this body as is, well, congratulations. That's a great launching point. And then you just have to start moving forward without excuses. And when you make an excuse such as I have to work or I have kids or I don't have enough money, know that those are all lies. And every time you tell yourself one of these excuses, you say, liar, liar, pants on fire, you're going to get sicker and weaker. And, you know, my mission is not only to help people live long, but to help them live well, because you know, if you're going to be 87 years old, there's a fun way to be 87 and then there's a crappy way to be 87 where you are stuck in a chair, you're stuck in bed all the time and you are falling and you feel bad. So, so make those decisions. And, um, my brutal honesty sometimes goes a long way. Sometimes someone will listen and say, damn it. She's, I hate Fitz. No, I agree with you. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm only, we're only on this earth for a short period of time. Yes. And, you know, I just feel this intense calling every single day now, stronger than ever that, you know, we, we have to shout this from the mountaintops because, you know, we're not going to be around forever, you know, to, to do it. And I feel like I've got a limited amount of time here to make the biggest difference that I can and make this world a healthier, more fit place. Well, you are right. And that's a real obligation, knowing what you know. It's interesting to me how, uh, so pre-cancer, I would get on stages and I know some people in a room would look at me and go, oh, what does she know? She's a skinny blonde woman, mm-hmm. which is fine. I yeah. mean, I can't, this is who I am, right? I yeah. look the way I look and I'm proud of the way I look. However, totally. once I would tell people, you know, I was 40 something pounds overweight in college, I had an eating disorder and then they would kind of soften up and they'd go, Oh, she's human. Okay. I like her. Now I'll listen to what she has to say. Mm-hmm. And so I know there's people out there that say, Oh, well, my back hurts, or I've got arthritis, or whatever it is. She doesn't understand. Well, I do understand. And if I if I wasn't, uh, I would never go back in time and check the box to have cancer. I don't find like, oh, it's so rewarding that I had it. I would do it yeah. over. Yeah. But the reality is. I have been there. I have been the sickest person on earth, the most immune compromised person on earth. I haven't been in a place where I couldn't open my car door because I was too weak. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of pain that goes into some of those situations and the lack of mobility yeah. can become a real problem and surgeries cause real problems. So I've been through it, but there is another side. There are many of us who get knocked down and we figure out how the heck to get back up and we do yeah. everything it takes to get our life back. Yes. Back and we're successful. Am I dinged up? You betcha. Am mm-hmm. I probably better than I was before cancer? You betcha. And yeah. there's a lot of people that have been run over by buses or they've been diagnosed with MS or uh, whatever. Yeah. And they're still out crushing life. Yeah. Living adventurously. And, and that's a choice too. It's a mindset and it's a choice. That is 100% a choice in every occasion. And yes. so if you're listening to us and you're thinking she doesn't understand you're wrong. I do. And what I do understand is that this is all this effort that I put into it that I'm hoping you'll put into you is worth it. It is yes. so worth it because I really could be sitting around still as a broken person, but instead I'm living better than I ever had because a, I had the knowledge. And so we're providing you with the knowledge. Lisa, yeah. Allison and I aren't keeping yeah. this stuff secret. She t- yeah. tells it with the podcast. I've got my books, my 
my website, et cetera. There's a lot of, there's a lot of information out there. You just have Mm -hmm. to choose to use it. Yes. And make a decision that you want your life to be better today. Yeah. And if not, so be it, but that makes me sad. Yeah. Agree. No, totally. I just, I think I could not have said it better. It's like, there's so many people I think that just decide that it's passed them by, you know? And I'm like, I'm sorry, there's another BS statement for you. You know, it's, but, but people like people just assume that people believe it to be factual for them. Yeah. 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 They live it. They live it. My favorite is, oh my, I'm, I'm not overweight. My family is overweight. No, your family has culturally terrible habits. There's no such thing. There's, it's, I mean, the percentile of people that are just genetically obese is like in the point millionth of a percent. Your family gave you horrible habits. I'm sorry. They did. And and you don't have to continue those habits. It's like the same people saying, well, I've all my, my family's poor, so I got to be poor. No, you can be smart and disciplined and get a good job and, and be successful. So you can also change your fate. You don't, you're just because your parents are obese doesn't mean you have to be. Um, so yeah, really the world's your oyster. Yeah. Yeah. If you want it to be right. If you want it to be, yeah. Mm -hmm. If you want it to be such a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today. Where can people find you? Oh, thanks, Allison. So fitness.com is my home base. That's F-I-T-Z is in zebra, N-E-S-S. Fitness.com is jam-packed with all sorts of free fitness guidance, workout videos, recipes, articles, blah, blah, blah. My books are there. Now, my books are sold everywhere. Books are sold, but I love it when people come to fitness.com to buy them. Uh, I have my noisy cancer comeback, your healthy cancer comeback, sick to strong, and the healthy cancer comeback journal right now. And those are sold as a three pack. I sign absolutely everything that leaves my office and we pack it up pretty with love and a free gift for every book that goes out. And I'm also at fitness on all social media channels, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn. And this is a deal. If you follow me, I promise to provide fun content that inspires you to do better and be better. However, what I prefer is for you to follow and then comment and say, Hey, I heard you on Allison's podcast. I'd like to connect because I would much rather have friends than just followers. Totally. I'm with you. I couldn't have said it better. It's like, this is why we do what we do because we want to form lasting connections Yeah. because this is how we change the trajectory of the world and how we change the collective. Absolutely, Allison. Thank you so much for doing this podcast. You're a great host. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining me. And anyone out there listening, please connect with Fitz. Um, Check her out at her site. Follow her on social media. Engage with her. This is why, exactly why we do what we do. Because every day, I view every day as a choice that I want to be better than I was the day before. And that's one of the things that I teach you if you work with me privately, if you come on retreat with me, if I help you engage and grow your business so that you reach more people and attract more of the people that you are best suited to help. This is what it is all about because every day we have a choice as to the kind of life that we want to live. Before I sign off, thank you, thank you, thank you for all of your support, for following me, for sharing this podcast with anyone that you think needs to hear it. And for just continually giving me feedback, writing me reviews, every time you download an episode of my show, you help me spread the message. And that is exactly what this is all about. We're heard all over the world. We reach more people every week. And every week, I have the pleasure of getting emails and messages from so many of you saying, this was exactly what I needed to hear. So if you know anybody out there 
who needs to hear this message today, please feel free to forward that to them. Um, it's 2023. Now is as good a time as ever. So I implore you and ask you to please do that because this is how we change the collective. This is how we raise the energy and the frequency and the vibration of the feelings of health and fitness in the world. And as Fitz and I were talking about, this is what we do as professionals. Um, this is what my calling is, and this is what I was put on this earth to do. So I please ask you to help us in that venture and that we partner and we link arms and we do that uh, for the good of the public. This is Allison Katzkowski with The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. You are one step closer to living your ultimate life, so make it a good one. 